It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome into another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. The exact same backdrop it looks like as yes. You in the same spot? Like I'm in the same spot, spot? But, I, but, okay. but I have to say, I have to say, my my space is being encroached upon. Okay, I don't know if you guys can see. Wait, we may have to, have to, if you can see, way back there, that's yeah. Noah Strackbine. And he's recording okay. all Steelers talk <laughs> right now at the same time. Unbelievable. We're recording this. So we need our audience to go mm-hmm. to all Steelers on YouTube and comment that Steelers Afternoon Drive is. Oh, wait, are they doing it live? They do it live. I don't know if they're live or not. Okay. Like, we're not. So, like, whatever. You yeah. find it live or find it. Mm-hmm. Just go there and just say Steelers Afternoon Drive is better. Yeah. And then they will know that this is the better Steelers podcast. And uh, and that we have the know. more fun, the more fun and punchier audience, uh, yeah. which I know that we have because, well, I don't know how anybody else could could be regular watchers. <laughs> yeah, I agree, absolutely. Alan, uh, we did get Omar Khan today, obviously postponed due to the death in the family, and our thoughts with him on that, obviously. But he did speak today uh, about a variety of things, as we knew he was going to get questioned on the quarterback situation. Uh, even Broderick Jones was brought up in terms of his future as well, switching sides. So I don't know where you want to start with it. I don't really know even where Omar started with it, like the rundown in terms of what he touched on. But, um, you know, he was available today, got asked a bunch of questions. And where where did the conversation go? Um, yeah, let's let's get quarterback. I think that's kind of the uh, okay. I think that's yeah. the that's the gist of this. Right. I mean, 
he kind of gave a really good like choose your own mystery uh, in terms of like pretty much whatever you were looking to hear from Omar Khan, no matter what you were thinking that you want him to do, you probably heard something that made you feel good about that. And you probably heard something that you didn't like. Yeah, it, it was true. a little bit. Of yeah, like full faith, right? full faith in Kenny, but want to bring Mason back. And also no comment in terms of any possible trades and stuff like that. Not 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 so, just no comment, but like would not rule out any method of acquiring yeah. a quarterback. So he yeah. kind of gave you pretty much everything you were looking for. Like if, this is the Rorschach test of your Steelers fandom. It's like whatever whatever you were hoping for him to say, you heard it. Or if you just want to be angry, and then there's plenty to be angry about, right? Because look, I mean, I don't know how many times we have to say it, but Kenny Pickett is the starting quarterback in 2024. Like, I, I don't know how else to say it. Like, that is what is happening here. And they are swearing up and down there's going to be a competition. Um, but no one is going to come in and be signed with any promise of anything other than the ability to compete with Pickett. And I highly doubt that anyone that could actually beat him is going to agree to that deal. Now, Justin Fields, if he gets traded, doesn't have the ability to agree to that deal. But, like, Mason Rudolph is going to go test his free agent options. Omar almost said as much. He said, you know, I think the player owes it to himself or something like that. Hmm. If he goes out there and tests the free agent market, the Steelers are signing another quarterback, and it's not going to be him. Like, that, that that's the way it's going to go down. And so, you know, I think it's starting to be very clear to me that what we're looking at is Kenny Pickett, somebody who's on the free agent market, and then probably a young quarterback. And Kenny's going to start. Like that, that's just it, they're telling us over and over again. I think it's it's probably time for people to listen. Yeah, I mean, we've touched on this for a while, and you know, we've entertained possibilities and stuff like that. But every single time that we have this discussion, the circle still brings us back to the same end game that we've talked about is Kenny Pickett as the starter veteran backup. And actually, you know, I know that we said we would save the question for the end, but like this plays in right here. Somebody said like a prediction for the quarterback room. I feel like we might as well just bring that up now while we're talking about the quarterbacks. I can't remember. I you said they tweet. Yeah. Yeah. I got a question on Twitter. I don't know if I can find it real quick or not. Um, but because I like to shout out the peeps that send us good questions because mm -hmm. they're good questions. Um, it's, it was just this afternoon. Which we have another one at the end of the show to do from a ball knower. Oh, yeah. Someone with some ballage. Um, yeah, I'm not finding it. But um, basically it was like, okay, who do you think are going to be the four quarterbacks in, in this room uh, going forward after listening to Omar today? And I thought that was a really interesting kind of thought exercise. Just kind of put it down right now. Um, I'll give mine and then I'll, I'll hear what you think. But I think it's Kenny Pickett. I think it's Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I think it'll be a rookie. Uh, I will go with Spencer Rattler. And Ooh. I think the fourth one will not be a rookie. It will be some kind of journeyman -y type. Um, I wonder what Tanner Morgan's up to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was thinking like more more recently yeah, yeah. good um 
could it just be like to trace McSorley again? Not because you said recently good, so that goes against that. But like, had him around last year. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could be. Um, there's not a lot out there. Um, I'll say uh, Felipe Franks. He was with Arthur Smith in Atlanta. He also like plays a little bit of tight end. I was just um, saying. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of an interesting athlete. Like that's like a perfect like number four quarterback swing. So that's what uh that's what I'll make as my my number four guess. Okay. I'm I'm Kenny Pickett. Man, like the Ryan Tannehill stuff has just become so boring. <laughs> um, I mean ultimately like I'm, quite dull. Yeah, quite. If you, want to get sp- if you want to get spicier, I think Sam Darnold is a very solid fit. Yeah, like I, I was gonna say, if I want to switch it up from Tannehill, I would go with like him or Brissett. Or Brissett, yeah, yeah. So I'll go with Brissett. I'll say Pickett, Brissett, uh, Jordan Travis, and Trace McSorley. There you go. All right, we have um, our prediction. Quarterback stuff. <laughs> and hey, I, actually, I'd be very curious on this because it it's. You know, four quarterbacks, which is we haven't done this before this exercise. So I want in the comments people to list their four as well. Like I want to see how close everybody can get to what the actual four end up being when they go into training camp. Somebody so gets the four. In the comments. We'll, we'll like send you a prize or something. Yes, absolutely. That's incredible if you if you get them. So we'll see how true they are and how accurate we are here uh, with the quarterback stuff, Alan. But that wasn't the only thing that Omar talked about today. I mentioned the Broderick Jones thing. Um, said, you know, he's left tackle. They want to have him be at left tackle eventually. But, like, using those words, does that make you think that it's going to be as early as, like, he is their starting left tackle immediately this year? Or are they talking about, like, a slow transition here, just, like, over time he's going to play left tackle? I think it really all depends on what they do at that position this offseason, right? I mean, I don't think Dan Moore has been very good, but he certainly start a bowl if they have to. Um, so it's not like they are like gun to their head at the tackle position this offseason. That being said, I think they would really like to upgrade him. I made my meme in my story last week of uh, Mo throwing Barney out of the bar. That was like the Steelers using their first round draft pick to get rid of Dan Moore and then having to do it again, right? Because you know they mm-hmm. played Broderick Jones on the right side and Dan Moore's still there. They need another tackle. Right. And so like I think that I think Amarius Mims from Georgia is like probably the best case scenario for their first round pick in terms of who I expect to be there and their needs. And I think that's a guy that like probably won't start right away, you know even less experienced than Broderick Jones was in terms of college games played. Although I think physically maybe a little bit more refined, just like the tape is a little better, even though there's less of it, but Mm -hmm. you know, I think he's a guy that would be playing in his first year, probably as a starting right tackle and would give Broderick Jones the ability to move to the left side. Um, There's a lot of right tackles in this class, man. If they, if they want one, they'll find one. Um, And not just in the first round, like even down into like the, the early parts of day three, I think there are good right tackles available, but um, we'll see how it goes. You know, I, I don't think they want to lock themselves into a position. I really like it. It's, it's, and we'll get to the combine interviews today, but it, they're everywhere, man. Like they're, they're like, it's, it's been really hard to nail them down into a position, even into mm-hmm. a position at any spot. It seems like every place that every position, they're talking to guys that are first round picks and second round picks and day three picks. And, you know, 
Um, it, it seems like they really want to keep an open draft board. And so I think a lot of these kind of decisions, like whether Broder Jones will play left tackle or right tackle, are really just going to depend on who ends up on the roster between now and the 1st of May. But I do think he was pretty clear that they eventually want Broderick Jones to get back to left tackle. Dan Moore's ending the last year of his contract. I think you, know, you basically have yeah. – this year or next year where you have to find some kind of major upgrade to right tackle in order to move Roger Jones to the left side. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. A lot of what you said there kind of answered what I was going to ask. My follow-up was going to be the idea of moving Broderick to the left. Was that solely about Broderick himself? Or was it because you take a look at this draft class and see, okay, there's maybe like three guys that we could see as left tackles, but there's a bunch of right tackles. I'm not a person that believes that Broderick Jones has to play left tackle to be a good player. If there was a guy that was out there that was a better left tackle than a right tackle, I think that would be a reasonable draft pick. And you could just say, we're going to hey, we drafted Broderick with the intention to be a left tackle, but we didn't know we were going to get this guy. And he played just fine at right tackle last year. So there you go. but I do think that most of the guys that are out there, Tyler Guyton, Taliesi Fuaga, Troy Fatanu, if he's a tackle, is definitely a right tackle. Um, Patrick Paul in the second round, Rosengarten from Washington on, on day three. These are these are right tackles. I mean, I think I'll, now Joe Alt, the top of the draft, could be a left tackle. Olaf Fashionu from Penn State could be a left tackle. But I think pretty much everybody else – and J.C. J. Latham from Alabama, I, I think it, pretty much everybody else is a right tackle. And so I think just the, the fact that Broderick Jones can play left tackle, did play left tackle in college, was drafted with the intention to be a left tackle, and there's so many right tackles out there. Like, if they get through the second round without taking a tackle, I'm going to be very, very surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, anything else that Omar touched on besides the quarterbacks and Broderick? I was trying to go through here to see tweet by tweet things um yeah i i think there was um talked a little bit about why he released the players you know the, the mm. mason cole and, and those guys and just basically said it was the timing was about letting those guys catch on with another team early and not like holding them hostage basically when they had decided yeah. they were going to move on 
Um, that tracks for some guys. It doesn't really track for like Presley Harvin and Mason Cole who weren't making that much money anyway. Uh, it's not like they needed those moves to make salary cap space. So it's very interesting that they just really decided to lock themselves into needing a punter and needing a center. And Omar did talk about center. He said that um, he believes in the position flexibility in James Daniels and Nate Herbig, that I, I don't think that he is going to feel pressured to make a signing in free agency if they think they're going to draft one in the draft. You know, I think it could be a situation where the centers the Steelers have right now, which is basically just Daniels and, and Herbig, will be the centers when they go into the draft. Like that, I, I'm not sure that they're going to make a move ahead of time. I mean, he, he seems confident that those guys could be reasonable enough options that they don't feel like they absolutely have to do something right now. So I feel like that's new. I, it's unexpected to me. If they were so reasonable with options. Well, I'll say this. If they were so reasonable of options, then why the hell did Mason Cole play every game last year? Because it was dreadful. Like it, like when yeah. Isaac Samalu was hurt and Nate Herbig played, I mean, I don't think he was a pro bowler, but he was fine. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. if they really believe that those guys are reasonable options at center, then they should have been playing last year. So it's a little bit inconsistent in my and why opinion. wasn't James I mean, Daniels getting like any reps at like at, like doing any I have never I have never witnessed James Daniels snap a ball. Now, Nate yeah. Herbig has played center. He played mm-hmm. center in the preseason. But I've never witnessed James Daniels snap a ball. I don't know if he doesn't want to do it or, or I don't know. But like they've yeah. never seemed to have really embraced that as a possibility until just now. So yeah. is it really realistic? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think he probably can do it. But clearly there's a reason that it hasn't happened so far. Uh, and then, well, one more thing that I saw here from Omar, just as I was going through Nick's timeline, was uh, said that inside linebacker is a spot that the team obviously needs to address with their situation heading into the offseason. And, you know, we talked about the linebackers a little bit yesterday um, because, you know, that was the group that had met with and stuff. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, is there we've talked about that, like we didn't really circle that necessarily as like a high pick. But, you know, if the meetings are any indication, like they're meeting with guys that are at the top of the, not to say they aren't meeting with guys further down the board too, but like the Junior Colsons, Edron Coopers, Peyton Wilsons of the world. They met with, uh, I think, what I would consider the top three linebackers in the class, Edron Cooper, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., and Junior Colson from Michigan. Um, They didn't meet with Peyton Wilson, but they did meet with him at the Senior Bowl. Um, He's got some medical stuff, so maybe that. Cedric Ray in there as well. Yeah, man, is he really uh, coming on strong? I remember people were talking about him as a six-round pick. I don't think he'll get anywhere near there now. He could be the fifth linebacker off the board pretty easily. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that they need some help at linebacker, right? I mean, they came into last season with those three guys, Quan Cole and and E-Rob, and even kind of best-case scenario, right, if Cole's perfectly healthy, you're still missing a third of that. Um, And And – no, that's not 100%. Omar said he didn't have a firm update on when Cole Holcomb is expected to be back to 100% health. He did say that they do expect him to get back to 100% health, so that's a positive. You know, it doesn't think it's going to be something that's going to linger and, and carry on. But the fact that it's, man, a few months after that injury and they still don't really have a firm time yeah. frame is pretty disconcerting. I mean, I think right now you probably, I mean, we're only a month um, uh or two from OTAs. So, you know, certainly looks like he'll be missing at least part of this off season. If not, maybe all of it. I think you got to have more in the tank than just Mark Robinson. 
I think Mark played well or better anyway down the stretch. Um, but I think they've got a now it could just be another free agent. Like I think they did a really nice job in in picking some veteran guys last year. I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to replicate the Holcomb and Alexander signings, right? Like you just do that again mm-hmm. if you if you want to go down that road. Um, but I do think it's a good it, it's not a deep class, but it's a good class of linebacker. There's four or five impact guys, and if one of them fits, it makes sense. Uh, I do think they have more pressing needs, right? Like center is definitely a more yeah. pressing need. I think tackle is a more is a maybe not more pressing, but a uh, greater positional value need, right? Cornerback, uh, same thing. Cornerback's very pressing, also. Um, Omar was asked about Patrick Peterson, and he kind of, I don't know, glossed over the fact that he has this monster contract that you know doesn't seem like it's a good fit anymore. So I don't really know what to make of that. Whether he just didn't want to talk about it, or if he's really thinking that Patrick Peterson is going to stay and play in 2024 under that contract, I guess that's kind of very TBD uh, on yeah. the, on the uh, Allen Robinson front. Uh, he's here uh, working for the NFL network doing like an internship uh, to like get some mm. media experience. I would not say that bodes well for his return to the team would think probably uh, you're not here. I mean, listen, I've seen guys under contract do that, but like uh, yeah. there's a lot work. There's a lot working against that return. I would say. Sure is. Okay. Uh, well, that's interesting. That's good to know. Uh, you mentioned the corners there briefly. That's who we heard from today. And man, if you were just following along on Steelers Twitter, seemingly every top cornerback in this class has met in some capacity with the Steelers. All your cornerbacks are belong to us. Yeah. Except for, uh, except for Quinion Mitchell, but he was a senior bowl guy. So like, he was a senior bowl guy that they like stalked yeah. during the regular season. They sent scouts to his game twice. They extensively met with him at the senior bowl. So, I mean, like, they have a pretty good idea who Quinion Mitchell is. Um, I'm not, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would assume that he's still on their board, even though they didn't meet with him. Maybe the one thing they're thinking is that they're hearing that he's not going to be there. You know, he's a guy who I think stock has really risen since that senior bowl performance, which was so special. And so I think, um, you know, maybe he, maybe they're thinking that he doesn't have a very good chance of getting to twenty, and so they want to use their visits on some of these other guys that might be more likely to be there. Terry and Arnold, I think, is the best cornerback in the class. I think, um, yeah, if if they can get within range of him, that would be awesome. Uh, but Nate Wiggins was mocked to them by Mel Kiper this week. He met with them from Clemson. Um, I'm not sure about the fit there. He doesn't. He's not very physical. He doesn't really like to tackle. He's a zone. Not very many. Corner, I think. To, doesn't really have a lot of interceptions. Doesn't really seem like a guy that like fits a lot of what the Steelers look for at the cornerback position. So I'm a right. little iffy on that one. Um, he's going to fly tomorrow. He, he's running tomorrow, right? He's going to fly. He's going to run a four-two something. Yeah, was what he said today. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, some of the other ones, uh, Ennis Rakestraw. He had an injury, missed the Senior Bowl. He's from Missouri. He's a smaller guy, um, but he is a little bit tougher. I think um, he has. Like a little bit a more uh, of a Steelers mold to him. I think he seems like a more reasonable fit. Um, he's a guy who's probably trending towards the bottom of the first round right now, um, where he would almost certainly be there 20 and could maybe even be a trade back option. Uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry from Alabama is another one that seems like he's right in that Steelers sweet spot, man, where he could really be a good fit for them at 20. Um, I think he will be available. He's another guy they had a formal meeting with. And so 
I think they have a lot of options there at corner. I also think it's a deep corner class. Like I talked to a couple other guys, Mike Samer still from Michigan. Yeah. Um, dude, like he's like big Mike Hilton, which mm-hmm. is quite good. <laughs> like that's uh, he basically said that he he made the transition at Michigan after three seasons from wide receiver to nickelback, and he was looking for like who to model his game after, and he picked Mike Hilton. And he plays like Mike Hilton, except he's like two inches taller than Mike Hilton. And he played wide receiver. So he had as many interceptions in 2023 as Mike Hilton did in his entire college career. Uh, that's adding up to a pretty darn good football player. I, he like His mock draft profile has him like in the third round. I, I'm a little skeptical. I think he's probably going to go higher than that. I would have him way higher than that. I think he's a... <laughs> He's an extremely Steelers player. Like, I, they would – I can't even remember. Like, maybe since Deshae Townsend would be the last time they would have had as – oh, Willie Gay. Willie Gay will be probably, like, the last time they had just a guy where, like, this dude is just – he is your slot corner for every situation. You, If you have three DBs on – three cornerbacks on the field, he is always one. He can blitz. He can stop the run. He can cover. Like, they have not had that in a long time. I think he would be a great addition. Uh, some other guys are meeting with Max Melton from Rutgers, mm-hmm. another NFL bloodline guy. His brother was in the draft a year ago. Um, and uh, he's an interesting cat. He can play a little bit inside, outside. Um, pretty smart, uh, pretty physical. I think there's a ton of good corners here. So even though I really like the corner fits in the first round, I also yeah. kind of think corner is probably a position. Also having just used a very high pick on Joey and having those guys that they kind of like in Corey Trice and Darius Rush that I don't think they just want to like slam the door shut on developing by using another first-round pick and being like, okay, here's our two outside corners, right? I think corner is more likely to be a slot guy if they draft one and more likely to be maybe a day two or a day three pick than a first-rounder. Even though I think they do really like Quinion Mitchell, I mm-hmm. am leaning more towards offensive line being the first round pick. Even though they met with all these top corners, I yeah. I still think the 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 more realistic fit comes later. We'll see though. Like if, if we get to the offensive line and it's not like it was today with the offensive linemen, well then they're telling us something different. But I, yeah. I think I think that the just the way the draft is setting up, I think the thing that makes sense to me is tackle or center early and then corner linebacker in that kind of next part of the draft. Uh, Also, I think the other name that I saw, Chris Abrams drained, but I think that was informal as opposed to a formal. um, Yeah. I didn't, I didn't talk to Chris today. Uh, And then the other position real quick, I want to highlight because it's happening right now. They're running a 40. there. the defensive lineman. Braden Mm -hmm. Fiske from Florida state is a guy that has just screamed Steelers to me. There are not a lot of those guys in this draft. I didn't mention defensive tackle just because like so many of the best players I look at, I'm like, that's not a perfect Steelers fit. Like he just doesn't fit the mold. There's a lot of these like under four, three tackles, like guys that want to get up field. And that's just not really what the Steelers do. That's not what they're all about. Um, Mm -hmm. Braden Fiske is what the Steelers are all about. And then he just ran a faster 40 than Patrick Mahomes. And he's 316 pounds or something like that. Um, yeah, just on an unreal athlete. And boy, uh, if if he's there in the second round or the third round, 
I think even though that framework I just laid out makes a lot of sense, I think someone like him would be very tempting for the Steelers. I also think if the Steelers are looking at these first-round options and thinking that some of them may be there beyond 20, we could be looking at like a trade down and trying to get another day two pick because mm. like we, we are talking about a lot of needs here, right? We're talking about linebacker, defensive tackle, corner, center, offensive tackle, where like they really could use even wide receiver, right? If they don't bring back Allen Robinson, they need another wide receiver. Um, surely they're going to do some stuff in free agency to, to shore some of this up. But it does seem like a draft where they could try to trade back and get some extra picks, especially because everyone that I'm talking to here tells me that this is not a very deep draft at the end. Uh, everybody likes the fourth yeah. round, and then it kind of goes off a cliff. And so it's not going to be this draft where there's just going to be like lots of great depth hanging around where you're going to feel really confident about those sixth and seventh rounders turning into something. So if you want to trade back and try to pick up another day two pick, and maybe if, if you want to get four or five impact guys out of one draft, that's probably the way you're going to have to do it this year because it's going to be really tough to get those guys at the tail end to accomplish a lot unless they draft a punter, which <laughs> yeah. Omar yeah. actually specifically addressed the idea of uh, drafting Tory Taylor, the punter from Iowa, who is widely considered to be the best one in this class. So mm -hmm. clearly that's on their radar too. There we go. Yeah, record low underclassmen. Uh, you know, and we're seeing the way that you know NIL and stuff have impacted the draft. Um, so yeah, that's going to play a role for sure. Shout out to Fisky. I love that you brought him up. That's one of my guys. I said like him or Mason Smith. Just feel like they're going to be Steelers. Uh, one at least one of those guys. Um, but yeah, and then what was the? Uh, we wanted to answer another question from our our guy Thomas Brocious. I can pull it up here. Oh, that's right. Uh, would Johnu Smith make trading Fryermuth a possibility? I think the answer to this is yes. Um, I, th this is something mm. that I've actually been interested talking about here in Indy. I don't know. Does Thomas Brocious have well placed sources at the NFL Combine? <laughs> he me say he might. Other people this week. Uh, I probably should write it because it's it's thought provoking, thought provoking, and provocative. Uh, it no, I think look, look. You, I think you can make an argument that Pat Fryermuth is not a particularly good fit for Arthur Smith's offense in terms of like he's just not a blocking specialist, right? And you look at how much Arthur Smith used Johnny Smith in Atlanta compared to just a clearly more talented player in Kyle Pitts, and and it's clear that he values that blocking significantly, and I mean I, I think they're going to use Darnell Washington a lot for that. But I, I think if they could sign Johnny Smith for relatively inexpensive, like remember Pat Farmer is entering the last year's contract. They probably need to work out a contract extension with him. And we've talked before about how difficult I think that contract extension is going to be. Yeah. I, I think Pat Farmer has good reason to value himself at a much higher level than his statistics should indicate because of how poorly they've utilized him over the last three years. But are the Steelers going to go along with that? Or are the Steelers going to say, look, man, you only caught this many passes. You're not worth that much. Um, I can see this being a pretty contentious um, exchange. And so if you get into the process and it doesn't look like you're going to be able to reach a long-term deal with Pat Fryermuth, then I think grabbing the guy who was in this offense last year, that Arthur Smith obviously has a lot of faith in. In fact, he's been in this offense twice now so with, with Smith in Tennessee as well. Mm -hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense. And then you, instead of trading down from 20 to pick up that extra day two draft pick, you land it in the form of a tight end. And 
not to make this a very uh, strained uh, prediction because it is already, but I will say if if the Steelers happen to find a way to need a tight end in this draft class, Theo Johnson from Penn State is yeah. like yeah built in a factory to be a Pittsburgh Steelers tight end and uh, would be a wonderful addition to that room, especially with this offense. Man, so, I just I wonder if that has their minds going now. Like that entire that entire thing, right? Like, hey, Johnny Smith's now on the market. Theo Johnson's in the draft. Farmy's in the last year of his deal. We could use an extra day three pick. Like, all these things kind of working together. Hmm. I, I have know. no smoke to to connect yeah. any of those dots, but the connections make sense in my brain. So sure. Oh wait, there's one other thing I wanted to bring up when you were talking about trading back because um, there was a scenario that that I had thought about. Uh, and this popped in my mind as I was doing a mock draft. Say Jackson Powers Johnson is gone by 20, and uh, you know, you're feeling like Zach Frazier probably not gonna get to 52 at that point, but 20 might be a little bit too rich. What about trading back from that spot? And yeah, still like taking trading, Frazier, like trading like down to like 30 and then still taking Zach Frazier, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's reasonable. I think it's also reasonable to maybe not trade down so far. And maybe like trade down five picks and then try to come up from 51, you know, mm, make two okay. trades, right? So yeah. like trade down to 25 and then maybe use the pick that you got from that and the other fourth round pick that you have to try to maybe move up from 51 to get into the late 30s or early 40s where you feel like you could still get Frazier. I think that uh, makes a lot of sense if that's a player they really, really want. I also think Cedric Van Pran is a guy that's like probably not being talked about enough in connection. I was, well, I was going to ask you if what the chatter was like if there has been any. I know that like the centers haven't talked yet or anything like that, but like after Jackson Powers Johnson, you got a couple guys that are coming back from injuries. Graham Barton, who was a tackle, like what is the the talk been if any surrounding the centers there? Well, I was talking to uh, someone who evaluates the offensive line today, and he basically mm. said, "Look, if the Steelers are going to cut their center." They can't draft Graham Barton because he's never played center before. It's all yeah. a projection. And like it's one thing if you're, you know, if you're you're trying to replace an old guy who's retiring and you you're drafting this pick to be a year away. You know, the Steelers need a plug and play and he's never done it before. That's really difficult. So that's that was an opinion I hadn't really considered. Um and, and the other one is he said that because Cedric Van Pran uh, really only did one thing at Georgia. Like they run a lot of zone, and that's kind of it. And that doesn't really show. Like he looks like an athlete on the tape, but there's like not a lot of second level blocks. There's not a lot of reaching. There's no traps. There's no pulling, right? And so, mm -hmm. and and because he didn't go to the Senior Bowl, uh, he said this the the on field drills could have a really big impact on his draft stock because if he looks like he can go do those things that are, you know, parts of different schemes and not just the thing that he's done at Georgia, then he could really come up in this process uh, or he will stay where he is. And so I think that's an interesting option, you know, where the Steelers don't, you know, if they don't get Power Johnson or if they just think that like J.C. Latham is too good to pass up in the first round, they can't take it there. or Quinion Mitchell, right? If one of those guys mm -hmm. is there or Terry on Arnold, uh, I think there's, there's certainly a possibility where they could make some of those trades that we just talked about. But I think Van Pran is an interesting option as well. 
There we go. All right. Hey, great discussion today. Who, so who is it tomorrow? Who do we got tomorrow? Like talking and then quarterbacks and wide receivers. So we're getting okay. quarterback. Each and then it'll, and tomorrow. Be, it'll be the guys that talk today. So the corners and stuff will do the drills. We'll be running measurements yeah. and that kind of stuff. So cool. All right. Good stuff. So we, good stuff to talk about on here again. Alan, tell the people they can find you. Indiana Convention Center. I'll be at St. Elmo's Steakhouse tonight. Um, but you there can't we go. I hear a lot about so it. You you can't join me there. We're gonna go have the hottest cocktail sauce in the world and a really, really freaking good steak. And uh we'll be back here tomorrow. In the meantime, A Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter, PGH Steelers Now, SteelersNow.com. I wrote a really nice story about Mike Sandra still, who we talked about a little bit. Um, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff from Omar up there for me, Nick. And Derek's got a story on Terry on Arnold that I haven't even read yet that I'm really looking forward to digging into. Bam, there you go. Like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here. Leave us a five-star review if you're listening somewhere else, Apple, Spotify, wherever that might be. Like I said, I want you to hit us in the comments with your predictions for the quarterback room next year. Also hit us with any questions, what you thought and about. don't forget, else we talk go about. to all Steelers and tell them that our podcast yes. is better. All Steelers, no strack by Stephen Thompson. Go tell them. Steelers Afternoon Drive is the Superior Steelers podcast, uh, and whatever else you want to say, but you get the gist of right, what with, within the realm of good taste. Yeah, within the realm of good taste, of course. Uh, Zachary Smith, PGH for Alan Saunders, and myself. Thanks for jumping in. Take another ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive. Mm-hmm.